Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, 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 hello. Hi. Good morning. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I want to say, first of all, and I want to offer a thank you to the gods above because after being in a famine of pop culture, after you know, essentially yeah. getting to the point where we were going to have to talk about Sean Mendez and Dr. Jocelyn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember her last name, but she's just always, it's Sean Mendez and Dr. Jocelyn are out, seen out and about in Topanga Canyon. Anyways, after being in a famine of pop culture news, right. we finally have so much to discuss, so much actual news. And I'm just, I'm just grateful. I want to just, you know, thank the big man in the sky for that. Mm-hmm. No, this was divine intervention. I think that the powers that be saw how tough your work is going right now. And we're like, we got to get Chandler out of this. We got to get pop apologists mm-hmm. more successful. Right. We got to get this girl, you know, talking trash full time. Yeah. Um, so we got to give her more, more to go off of. Okay. Can I say something though, before we dive into the topics at hand, we need to celebrate. What? Merch is out today. Stop. It's actually out today. Is it launching today? This is this is how out of the loop I am, everybody. Merch is out right now. You can click the link in the show notes. Merch is out this morning. Our WorkSoft collection, it has dropped. Mm-hmm. Can we discuss the collection, Chandler? <laughs> Let's talk about our capsule collection. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It has been a journey to getting this merch up off the ground. Right. That is because, you know, neither Lauren nor I have like hard design skills. Shout out to Haley for designing the Worksoft logo and everything and design. So anyways, it's been a journey to get like the actual artwork. And then we just wanted to bring you guys like actual quality hoodies and hats. Mm-hmm. I think like we all know what it's like to get a cheap ass hoodie. And right. we didn't want to bring you guys a cheap ass hoodie. So it's been a journey of prototyping, of bad prototypes. And yeah, we are finally here. And I'm I'm obsessed with it. Our first partner in merch was like all in to do it with us. We got prototypes and stuff and then ultimately like basically ghosted us. Right. So we had to go back to the drawing board. Yep. Um, and so then we found a new partner and... I'm so excited because I think the colors are so cute. The light blue and the navy text and then the light blue and the in the dark green text is just or it's like a hunter green text. It's so 
darling. So cute. And then the hoodies are, I just have to say, like I personally really wanted to get everyone like a low cost hoodie as well option, but we just had to kind of nix it because all the, you know, samples we got were such bad quality and so, so cheap. So we only have one hoodie and it's just a really high quality one. It is genuinely the softest sweatshirt you will ever put on your body. Like it's 100% worth it. Let me tell you a little, little story about how soft this hoodie is. Okay. I have to refrain from wearing it when I'm eating, even though I want to wear it like all the time. And I love how cozy it is because I know that my little greasy mitts will get all (laughs) over it. And so I have to like chew. It is like my nice hoodie. It is not my like cheap ass hoodie. And so anyways, I, yeah, I'm just obsessed with it. It's so cozy. It's really like soft. It's like, it's like heavyweight, but it's like thin enough where it's not like uncomfortable to put on, you know? And it's just like cozy as fuck. Excuse my French. It's extremely soft. Everything's embroidered. So no cheap screen printing. All the work soft is embroidered. Yeah, we didn't buy a DIY kit from Michael's and we're not hand making these, you know, in our houses. Correct. And one thing I will say about the hoodies is that they do run, I would say kind of narrow and they run kind of long. The sizing is a little off. Um, So if you like oversized, I wear the medium and they're also really run really big. That's the other thing. That which I kind of like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in Lonely Ghost, I wear an XL for a big hoodie. Mm-hmm. And in these, I do a medium. So the sizing yeah. is kind of all over the place. Um, Chandler, what are you wearing for the oversized size? Thank you for asking. It's like I'm at the Met Gala and I'm being interviewed. <laughs> Lauren, today I am wearing... So I ordered the XL to just see like how oversized their most oversized fit was. I think they their sizes continue to range. And the XL is like a dress on me a little bit. Like I really like it for like sleeping and just being like super cozy. But it it goes like beneath my groin area, for right? Lack of a, for lack of a better, it's more of a dress body part. Yeah, it's like more of a dress on me. And so I also have the large, and that's like my true oversized look. Okay, perfect. Okay, so yeah, if you want that oversized look, we recommend starting with the medium and then up. I'll put some on stories, kind of showing the fit. Um, and so anyway, if you buy the merch, it's just the hugest show of support. So thanks so much, you guys. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It's finally here. I do feel bad every time we do a Q&A and people are like, do we have a timeline on merch? I know. Well, it's just so sweet that anyone like that people care. I know. I know. So anyways, thank you to anyone who buys it and wears it. We just truly appreciate you. Okay. One thing we need to mention as well this is a limited drop. So there's only a set amount of the WorkSoft hats and hoodies. And once they're sold, they're gone. So if you do want the WorkSoft hat or you do want the WorkSoft hoodie, definitely do not delay. Let's move on. Let's get to a podcast channel that didn't take three years to get merch off the ground. <laughs> a much more successful podcast, shall we? Please, at long last. Let's talk about Call Her Daddy having Gwyneth Paltrow on the podcast. Oh, boy. I'll just say, when I saw that Gwyneth Paltrow was going to call her daddy, I had like this intense, immature jealousy moment where I was just like, I was like, of course, of course, Gwyneth is going on Call Her Daddy. Of course. <laughs> like, I was like, 
I it was like ten seconds of like a little bit of self pity and jealousy mm-hmm. because well maybe one day one day we'll get her Chandler let's just say we are the Jordan McGraw to call her daddy being the Maddie Healy um, right the much less successful I mean that might be might even be generous honestly it is generous truly you know Al- Alex Cooper is like a mirror for me of what I'm not what I <laughs> what I hope. Uh, our podcast can't be but yeah so anyways like when we saw when I saw that she was going on I was like holy shit I can't wait to listen but I do want to bring up one thing just before we get into the juicy details yeah I am kind of curious about why Gwyneth went on call her daddy no tea no shade to call her daddy it's mega successful I like to listen to like certain interviews like it's sometimes it is a little crass for me but I I love it I love it let me dispel let me can I solve this myth can I? Well, I actually, I have know, a theory wipe too. the haze from the lens. Okay, please. So I, I, th- I was like, this is kind of interesting. Like, why did Gwyneth go on this? But then, you know, after like thinking about it for about twenty more seconds, like it's clear that someone wants to shake things up and make Goop more popular with like the youths. And mm. I think like that. This is part of some PR strategy to like continue to make Gwyneth relevant with you know people who are like more Gen Zers. Well, it's definitely, you know, she's there for business. She's there to promote. Right, um, right. She was there to promote Goop Sex, their new like Instagram account. And I would say, though, the really exciting thing about media today is that some of these podcasts have bigger ratings, bigger like listeners than like major TV broadcasts. Um, so oh, that's what's super interesting is like, yeah, like some podcasts get millions of listens a month. Um, so they literally have bigger ratings than TV, than certain TV yeah. stations. And so that's what's super fascinating is like so much of media has been democratized where people can create their own channels, their own mm-hmm. platforms that right. are just as valuable. So yeah, it's like in the legacy media world, someone in Gwyneth's echelon would have only gone on like a 60 minutes, like some sort of um, established platform. But no, now Big she's on calling. Yeah, now she's on getting right. interviewed by a girl who five years ago was really like us, like a common no yeah. one, you know? Yeah. So it's totally. super, it's, I think it's so cool and exciting. But also, I actually think that Apple is a major call her daddy fan because when it said Apple's here, like Apple obviously wanted to meet Alex Cooper. And yeah. so I think that was also part of it. Totally. Totally. Yeah. No, I just, I I was like, huh, this, there's a little, there's got to be a little bit of like strategic secret sauce happening. This didn't just like, you know, happen out of For nowhere. sure. Definitely. Can we talk about Gwyneth's fit on the podcast before we dive in? Let's, let's dive in. Okay. Do you want to pull it up or do you already have it refreshed in your memory? It's seared into my memory. Okay, good. Okay. I'm glad you didn't have to refresh. I'm glad it made an impact because as we know, we both worship at the feet of Gwyneth Paltrow, but mm-hmm. I just have to say, I really wish she would stop wearing button downs buttoned all the way to the neck. That's my first note on you this, want more cleavage on this hour long interview. I would like to see some tits. No, it's not about that. It's just too severe of a look for me. Interesting. Yeah, it was too severe of a look, too okay. masculine. I'm just not into the button down, buttoned all the way to the neck with the jacket. I just think that if we're not going to get even a little skin, that's totally fine. You know, it's her her body, her <laughs> choice. But I would like maybe like a cashmere mock neck. Okay. Maybe just like fit. a finer fabric 
It looked uncomfortable and it looked severe. Okay. I didn't mind the fit. It was like more androgynous, more like, you know, oversized type of like look. I really liked Mm. her like shoes and boots. I think it was like either she had green socks on or like she had like a Chelsea boot that had like a green, uh, you know, ankle part. Anyways, I thought like her shoes were very like a great pop um, of interesting color. Her outfit did not bother me. But Lauren, if we just like take a moment and reflect like... Gwyneth doesn't have amazing style, in my opinion. Like, I've watched her Architectural Digest video probably once a month for the last several years since it came out, you know, as a sacrament of sorts and Mm -hmm. as a a moment of renewal. And Mm -hmm. in that video, I'm always struck by how terrible her outfit is. Like, the weird belt, the skirt. Like, yeah, anyways. So I just don't think Gwyneth even has amazing style. So I don't expect all Mm, that much from her idol. From our queen, from our idol. I just expect like a, an outfit that looks expensive, but that I ne- wouldn't necessarily wear. <laughs> You're like, I expect to see a top that's four digits that I would right. never put on. That I'm not interested in actually wearing because I'm like, I think that would look a little frumpy on me. But because she's so beautiful and just looks so chic, I'm like, maybe it all just works for her. No, I mean, G-Label is 100% man repeller vibes in a lot of the silhouettes. Yeah. And yeah, okay, fair enough. So let's get into the content of the episode, shall we? We shall, please. Can we talk about her saying that it was love at first sight with Brad Pitt? Because I just want everyone to consider what she's discussing. You know, I think so often, you know, today in 2023, and this is really a modern affliction that we are all suffering from. But we think of Brad Pitt and we think of his like current iteration, which is very much like a Venice beach art gallery owner, you know, aesthetic. A little washed up, slightly washed up, still super hot, but a little washed up. Slightly washed up, fedora wearing, again, some questionable style choices. I mean, yeah, also has an ongoing FBI investigation. Maybe it's closed now, but you know, about some potential like domestic abuse, not a great look. There's just something about him these days that screams like I pay multiple alimony checks, even if that's not correct. He reminds me of certain Orange County dads who would wear like bootcut Rockin' Republics. That's what I'm saying is there's something about him right now that just doesn't that doesn't slap for me. OK, doesn't feel as effortless, maybe. Mm-mm. And I want everyone to travel back in time in their minds to the Brad Pitt of Gwyneth's mm-hmm. era. You know, when right. she was dating him. This is a muscled, muscled Brad Pitt. This is a brawny Brad Pitt. This is a Legends of the Fall era Brad Pitt. Airbrushed by God, Brad Pitt. Yes, exactly. Jaw of steel, crystal blue gaze. I mean, this is one of the best looking movie stars to have ever existed. Mm-hmm. Like on a totally different plane than right. a Ben Affleck in terms of right. just pure, raw, God-given beauty. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, Mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food, like my Mm. Clean Simple Eats protein powder. Yeah, I feel like it's such a good staple because the protein powder, if you blend it with ice and water, you got vanilla frosty, essentially, if you like the Simply Vanilla. If you get chocolate brownie powder, you've got a chocolate frosty. You can do the mint chocolate chip, you got a thin mint frosty, or you just dissolve it in milk or water, and that also 
strangely tastes really good like chocolate milk it's a super fast easy quick snack also i just love that the ingredients are clean they're grass-fed it's 20 grams of protein for 110 calories it is just the best protein powder out there. Everyone go to cleansimpleeats.com and use the promo code POPAPOLOGIST for 10% off. That's POPAPOLOGIST for 10% off. Cleansimpleeats.com, POPAPOLOGIST for 10% off. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early bird CBD gummies are so phenomenal, everyone. They are the perfect 2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. So this concoction, it gives you the warmest, gooeyest feeling. They have the magic formula. I love the watermelon flavor. That's my favorite. I also love using them when I know I need to get a good night's sleep and I can sleep in. You guys, we love Early Bird CBD so much. We reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the show because we were like, these products, <laughs> these gummies, everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about, about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use code POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Earlybirdcbd.com. POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Do yourself a favor. Try the gummies. They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. So to look across the room at a man like that and for it to be love at first sight. And then as Alex said, for it to also be, you know, reciprocated. Mutual. Right. This woman has lived a life unlike anything that any of us will ever experience. That's exactly what I was going to say about this. I think that when God up above, I don't know, there's a lot of God for me in this episode, but when the big man upstairs was designing you know, Gwyneth's life plan or, you know, I don't know that I totally believe actually that God is like, you know, choosing every single move for our life, but sure seems like someone uh, above was working for her. Just like the life that she has had, the men that she has been right. with. If he was designing it, he was having a really good day upstairs. It was a, a great really good day, day upstairs. Yeah. A great day upstairs where it was just like, yep. And then we'll do Brad Pitt and then we'll do <laughs> Ben Affleck. And then we'll do like a mega star that's very sweet and charming, Chris Martin. Let's throw in an Oscar at 26. Let's throw right. in an Oscar at 26 and have that be her biggest trauma. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, obviously her dad passed away and all these other things, but she's going to be a Nepo baby. She's going to have a, like a, a brilliant upbringing. And then, you know, let's just, let's put the cherry on top with her aging extremely gracefully. And then a Montecito mm -hmm. temple with Brad right. Falchuk. Right. Like, Wow. Right. Let's have the nicest spa in North America in her basement. How's that? How's that? And you know, I guess we'll have people criticize her for being too intentional, too beautiful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> for having Anyways. too good of a divorce. Anyway, can we discuss one thing? <gasps> what? You know what I really want to know? So there's this moment where she's like, oh, you know, Leo, he was loose from the goods yes. from the start, which I absolutely loved that subtle dig. Right. I loved the insight. Like that for me, her saying, Leo, you know, he was loose from the beginning. He was always like that. One of the things I loved about that moment was it was such an insight into the way that I'm sure these elite A-listers talk mm -hmm. at their quiet dinners right, with each right. other where no microphones or cameras are present. And suddenly it's just like word on the street, but word on the most beautiful streets. Yeah. She even says, you know, Hollywood's like high school, but everyone's rich or something like that. And that really like brought that home for me when she mentioned Leo in that way. Like everyone knows what everyone's up to. 
And it kind of tracks too because I don't think a lot of like actual Hollywood people like would be romantically interested in Leo. It seems like he just keeps dating like young Victoria's Secret models, people who are not necessarily like uh, Hollywood in their own right. Well, okay. I agree that it's true. The thing that I'm interested in is so she has a good relationship with Brad Pitt. Mm -hmm. They're obviously friendly. I really, really want to know what the quiet whispers are about Angelina Jolie. Like at Gwyneth Paltrow's table when she's sitting, when she's dining with Sarah Foster or maybe even just a Reese Witherspoon, someone fully on her level. Mm -hmm. And they're talking and they're chatting over a stunning miso glazed chicken. Chicken? Are you kidding me? It's like for sure sea bass or something. Okay. They're chatting over a biodynamic... sea bass fillet and i am dying to know what the word is about angelina what do you think it would be well i just think that angelina's image is so carefully curated it's so you know by the people for the people at this point it's only like pr crafted if you look at her instagram it's literally just like she might as well be a royal she's just all activism yeah and so I'm just so curious if it's like, well, you know, that bitch is crazy. You know, that lady is like, excuse my language, but a fucking wackadoodle. That is what I'm so, I mean, I'm just so curious. You know, my theory is not, is that she is not because her kids want to be with her. And that to me says everything. Yeah. But I just am so curious. Why doesn't she have more Hollywood girlfriends? And maybe she does and we just don't know about them. She seems like ultimate guy's girl, like forever and ever. Maybe she does have good girlfriends. I don't know. I think that's why this is not a closed case. Like this is why the jury is still out for me because not everything lines up. Like, yes, her children, it seems like they want to hang out with her and only live with her. And she's the primary parent. She's on TikTok dancing at like Zahara's college initiation thing or whatever. She's a very involved parent. And she's obviously like the most, she's like the true humanitarian. Yeah. But also, yeah, she doesn't seem to have any Hollywood girlfriends. Like, she doesn't seem to have that many friends. She doesn't seem to be that integrated into any community of peers. She seems very isolated, which to me always is a little bit of a red flag. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I am very curious what the word is on the street about Angelina Jolie. Right. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. I would I would give like ten thousand dollars to know that information. Although I will say she might just be ostracized because of her original sin of taking Brad Pitt from or stealing Brad from Jen. That seems almost more feasible to me because everyone is such a Jen Aniston stan. Totally. And she's like the queen bee of that Cameron right. Diaz, Courtney right. Cox, yeah. um, like you know, circle. Girl. Chelsea Handler, Gwyneth Paltrow. She's very much part of that group. And so maybe she's just like forever ostracized from that crew, which would make sense. Yeah. I think it was interesting when she talked about how the dynamic really shifted after she won her Oscar and how it went Mm. from everyone was rooting for me. It was like you're the underdog to then having won it and having people, you know, be a little bit more. I don't even know what word she used. She was so like eloquent, but um, just like how that dynamic changed after it was like she's the underdog. Everyone's rooting for her. And then she won it. And then it was like, okay, what do I do now? And like, who am I? And that was like ended up being Mm -hmm. like a big personal crisis for her. Mm hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that that is just like so often the case and it's just human nature, I think, that people like to see people like fall from great heights, right? which is like a dark right. part of human nature. But I think that it's it's very true. Like once people get to a certain level of success, then people, I think, out of their own insecurities um, can be hypercritical and certainly root for people to to fall. Yeah. Obviously, we've never been victim to that kind of thinking. No, we've never. But, but yeah, it was interesting to hear about. Um, and I thought it was just a very like hearing about falling in love with Chris during after mm-hmm. the death of her dad um, and the way that he really had to kind of pick her up off the floor. And she was probably really emotionally unstable during those days. It was super fascinating to listen to for sure. Right, right. Okay, well, Lauren, let's move on to another topic. Okay, can we talk about the coronation? Yes. Yes. First, I want to say that I love the New York Post headline. Okay, the New York Post headline for the entire coronation was, Coronation of King Charles and Queen Camilla leaves us imagining what could have been with Diana. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I love it. So that was the takeaway. Um, So I did a tiny bit of research for the podcast on the coronation, and what I do have to say, Chandler, is talking about falling from great heights, the coronation has surely fallen from where it used to be. Okay? Okay. Do you want to hear about this? Yes, yes. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, Chandler. So the coronation, first of all, it used to be six hours. So there we, there's oh. that one thing. Oh, okay. Boy. Second of all, there used to be a huge coronation banquet after. And it was this huge feast. And it was at this feast that the king would kind of like demonstrate his wealth and all of his powers. Mm -hmm. And like Mm -hmm. the feast was just a display of like the power of the empire, right? Right, right. So it was this extremely opulent course after course meal. Sounds divine. Mm -hmm. And during the feast, someone, a man would ride it on horseback in armor and he would challenge anyone who did not accept <laughs> the sovereignty of the king. It's like, love where it. the fuck has like the fun gone right. for the coronation? I know the fun. Okay? The fun's all gone. No, the fun is all gone. I'm going to tell you, Lauren, it looked so yeah. freaking boring. I'm trying to limit my <laughs> F-bombs in this episode. It looked incredibly dreary. It looked like the most formal church service of your life that just looked so dreary. I mean, it's full general conference vibes, 100%. Yes. yes. I agree. And it's like, if we're going to do this thing, we're going we're gonna to bring out all the regalia. We're going to have bejeweled mm-hmm. swords. We're going to have, like, you know, like literally Tiaras, purple crowns. velvet crowns. Right. Can we not also bring out the jesters? Can we not also see the concubines? Right. Like, let's go full totally. medieval. Okay. <laughs> like, that is all I ask for. I think it was also an unfortunate weather day in the UK, but just like it was just gray and dreary. I keep using that word, but it just like that's the only way I can think to describe it. Like I was just like, I'm glad I'm like sitting on my couch watching Netflix today. Like I don't need to be there. So I'm watching like the full thing right now. Yeah. Did you watch like the full thing? No, of course I didn't. It's just a full like Catholic mass, essentially. Like it's all the right, singing right. and a reading from Paul. Um, right. And it's just very, very long. I did wonder if Kate, what her game plan was in terms of like restroom usage, because for me, I go once an hour. So sure. I could not last a three 
hour ceremony. I did wonder if she was like, okay, I have to arrive dehydrated. I can't drink water right. for 12 hours right. before. No. Misery. That was interesting to me. How those children sat through it was interesting right. to me. Right. But yeah, like Three above hours. all else. Oh. That's too much for once in a hundred years or whatever. It's too much. It's too often. I also want the fun part of it. Where is the guy in armor, you know, riding in on a horse, challenging right. anyone who didn't accept the coronation? And also, this is what I would like to see too. Like during the coronation, they present Charles with this bejeweled sword. I don't know if you saw this part. And they're like, no. With this sword, you defend virtue. This sword is for mercy and not for malice. And this is the sword okay. by which you like defend the virtue of the kingdoms and the, the okay. peace and the whatever. I'd like to see the sword in use. I'd like to see Prince Charles or King Charles carry the sword. I would like to sure. see someone challenge like the peace Draw of the, the nations. And yeah. I would like to see this, the bejeweled sword in action. Okay. Yep. Yeah, this for me is is a sword and symbol only. I would like to yeah. see the diamond encrusted sword actually do some work. Right. Okay? I totally. I think too because no offense to King Charles, but he looks like a, such a sad sack in just a normal suit. Like, let's yes. dress this man up a little bit more. I I think I'd have more respect if he was had the bejeweled sword or the crown on all the time. The furry. That's crown. what I'm saying. The royals really are for all intents and purposes, basically just like puppets who go mm -hmm. to certain things and like shake right. hands and like they have no real power and they only exist because the public says they can still exist. And they have, right. that's why they, you know, care so much about their press coverage because they want people to want the monarchy to exist so they can continue, yep. you know, living in their palaces. So I'm just saying as a voice of the people, why don't they give us what we want, which is mm -hmm. I want to see Charles always in that crown. I want to see that always. bejeweled sword always at his hip. Okay. Like mm -hmm. I want to see basically I want wherever the royals to go. I want it to be like the medieval fair is coming to town. Yes. And, yes, yes. You know, <laughs> I don't want to just see them at the hospital opening. I want to see them at the hospital opening with a big turkey leg Scepter. in hand. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Let's bring, let's just bring a little theater to what is becoming a very banal show. I had a moment when I was just watching some of the coverage and seeing it online where I was like, I think I'm kind of over these people. Like they might be the most boring white people ever. They're pretty crusty. That's why they need me on their team, because know, I'm doing whatever I can to at least make this fun to watch. Right. Right. Okay. Totally. Do you, are you weirded out by King Charles's fingers? It is a bit concerning, but I mean, if anything, hands with large S Chandler, at least that's kingly. Okay. It's so true. It's so true. Honestly, maybe extremely small hands would be worse. hundred percent. I mean, yeah. how could a extremely small hands brandish a bejeweled sword and defend the kingdoms they could and defend the peace of the nations i don't think right. so can we talk about the photos that have just hit published by our favorite back grid of megan hiking in montecito on sunday <gasps> no. the day after the coronation have you seen those no i of course of course back grid this podcast is sponsored by back grid truly are they on just jared or where'd you see him just Google Megan hiking. It'll, it'll pop up. We okay. have to discuss this. So Megan, you know, crisp DSLR photos of her right. hiking with a few of her friends conveniently. I think both work for, you know, Archwell, of course. Yep. 
Anyway, Megan has been hiking Montecito. Pictures are out. And I mean, this is fully set up for sure. Wow. She's just, she's so evolved. She'd rather be on a hike. Well, first of all, she's also hiking with Princess Diana's Cartier tank watch. So really? Yes. She has this huge arm party. And part of it is like literally something that would be auctioned off at Sotheby's. And it would be like the auction of the year. It's literally Princess Diana's yellow gold Cartier tank watch. So anyway, but beyond that, I just don't understand what the message is here. Like, what is she trying to convey with the hiking? Relatability. Like, she's not in some stuffy, like, furry cape like Kate is. She's, like, ultra relatable. Also, which brings me to something else I want to talk about. Yeah. Harry on the commercial flight there. Oh, that he was, that he flew commercial? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily have a hot take on that. Do you? I mean, don't you think that's a little bit of a move, too? Well, I just think that they're probably battening down the hatches, in my personal opinion. So you think that was like the palace intentionally doing that? I guess I don't know who paid for that flight, but if it's Harry, I feel like it looks like a PR move. And if it's the palace, then it's like a little bit of an FU. That's a good question. You know, I think the biggest FU was not staying for anything after. And I get that it's like, you know, Archie's birthday, so he has to jot home. Right. The birthday party the kid won't even remember. No, I think, I I mean, it was definitely a good move. I think that if he had flown in private, it would definitely have been some sort of actual power move on his part. Like, hey, mm-hmm. like, I don't even need any right. of your coin. I don't need any of that royal coin. I got my own from this memoir and I'm touching down, right. you know, in I a G5. Tyler Perry jet. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been watching Adam Sandler movies for 11 hours, so I've been fully entertained and now I can, <laughs> so that way I can make it through. I can, I... Uh, I can oh, make it through this crusty just, coronation. It looks so crusty. I'm 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 a little over those folks. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? <laughs> you know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by FrameBridge right now. Yes, I am so excited to correct this wrong in my life. What's so great about FrameBridge is for other people also intimidated by a gallery wall, if you go on their website, you can just very quickly, easily upload like five photos or whatever it is, and they will send you different dimensioned, cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a layperson like yourself. Everyone, see why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. We've got two things to discuss that I have been dying to talk to you about. Okay. Do you, which one do you want to talk about first? Taylor Swift I don't know, you or VPR? Oh, let's talk about Taylor Swift. Okay. So about a week ago, no, maybe about four or five days ago, 
we Mm -hmm. learned from a source that Taylor Swift had moved on to another London boy, and that is Maddie Healy. Um, Mm. And the source had said, uh, let me read it. You are the source's words, because I think what the source has said is very interesting. She and Maddie are madly in love. It's super early days, but it feels right. They first dated very briefly almost 10 years ago, but timings didn't work out. The source also alleged that Swift and Alwyn split in February and the news only came out this spring, so there was absolutely no crossover. Maddie Healy, for those who don't know, he is the lead singer of the 1975. He's just way more gritty, I would say, and I I find him to be very sexy, but he's not who I would picture with Taylor Swift, and Taylor Swift is not who I would picture for him, even though they have, like, you know, had had a little fling. And now there's just all this other little Easter eggs and tea, you know, with him and her. And I just don't know how I feel about it. Um, but I can walk you through more more of those data points. Well, I feel grateful. So I get down on my knees and thank God for this development because yeah. the last thing I want to see is Taylor Swift pack up shop, you know, to enter her era of domesticity, Faith Hill style, quit her career mm-hmm. at the height of it. I can't handle yeah. that. And yeah. so for me, what dating Maddie Healy signals is, bitch, I'm not slowing down at all. Yeah. Also, Maddie Healy, we know this isn't going to work out. We know he's an F boy. We know that this is just going to result in, I'm sorry, but probably a broken heart and probably right. another epic record. few bangers. Yes. I think, though, this does feel a lot like a PR stunt to me. Mm. I mean... Okay. Well, there's already paparazzi photos of them. Yeah, there's paparazzi in the back photos of her car. They both have given veiled messages at their concerts where they have mouthed uh, words where they said during their songs, they've mouthed, This is about you. You know who you are. I love you. Maddie did it, and then Taylor did it. Then Maddie was spotted at her I shows in Nashville. It. He went on stage with Phoebe. I'm just, it's just, this is what I want from my celebrities psycho behavior. Behaving like teenagers in arrested development, actually in their mid-30s, behaving like, you know, love adult, angsty 17-year-olds. Thank you. This is what I want. Right. So I want to give you a few more details from the source, okay? Okay. Tree pain. Both Maddie and Taylor have been touring over the past few weeks, so it's been a lot of FaceTiming and texting, but she cannot wait to see him again. Uh, they continued saying that the two artists are, quote, incredibly supportive of their respective careers. They're both massively proud and excited about this relationship. And unlike Taylor's last one, which was very much kept out of the spotlight deliberately, she wants to, quote, own this romance and not hide it away. <gasps> ah, I have the chills. Like, this is just going to be the most incredible content. I know. It's just it, it all just strikes me as content. That's exactly what it is. And that's why I don't feel like it's as real. OK, one thing I will say is that. Yeah. There is a part of me that wonders, is this Maddie Healy display um, yeah. and rollout, which is really, you know, what it is. If he's at her concert, if he's pictured right. in her car, right. Right. like we think of how little we saw Joe Allen. I mean, if she wants to keep things hidden, she will. We won't see anything right. of it. But this has been rolled out. This has been, this is all, you know, her team is behind this. You're absolutely correct. When page mm-hmm. six is quoting a source, they're talking to Tree Payne. Um, who is her PR manager and has been for forever. So the question we ask ourselves is, is this because she is so in love with Maddie Healy and she wants to show the world? Or is this because she wants the guy who broke her heart, Joe Allen, to see her with a rock star? 
okay, and to have a pang of regret for breaking her heart potentially? I mean, these are the questions I ask myself, you know, late at night. I mean, to me, it's the latter. I just, I'm appreciative of the content, but I am not buying the realness of this love. So you think this is all for Joe Alwyn's sake? Some of it is for Joe. Maybe some of it is to just show that she's better than ever. Yeah, yeah. I just think that it's a, it's more of a, a message than it is like a mm-hmm. true love relationship. And I think mm-hmm. also the source, like it's very fast, but they're deeply in love. Like it's just like, literally, bitch, this news broke two weeks ago. I barely know who Maddie Healy is. I'm not a 1975 listener really um, yeah. at all. Can you like talk us through why it's kind of controversial that she's dating him um okay so not to brag but i i was an early fan of the 1975 i saw a very small show with them at the observatory in orange county when i was in high school i have a picture with maddie healy i think i might have even thrown my bra up on stage like i was i was very obsessed with the 1975 okay so you get the maddie healy oh yes i think what's hard what's been hard for me is that i've always found him to be incredibly sexy and his okay. music and the band's music to be very sexy. And I feel like it's only been in like more recent years that like everyone else has realized how hot he is. And so I'm just kind of like, yeah, get on board. Where I've kind of fallen off is like, I really loved early 1975. And then some of their like mid albums didn't hit for me. And mm. he also is like a recovering drug addict. Mm. And he talks a lot about that in his songs. And anyways, it, his music, is their music is very good. But... He also, I think, like, some people get upset because he's, you know, kissed people on stage. Um, and some people think that's, like, kind of gross. I'm pretty sure he, like, checks IDs and stuff, which, you know, is a move. It's a rock star move. Maybe not for me, but, you know, for others. And mm-hmm. actually, what am I saying? I would love to be kissed by him. Like, respectfully, you know, with Ben in, in on it, I would love to get a, get a smooch from him. He can check my ID all day long. But... You know, he's just a little bit more of a gritty guy. He's mm-hmm. just like, he does not have like some upstanding, like a fully upstanding reputation. He's way more of like a rock star with like, you know, with where people think he's like maybe kind of a playboy and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. It is interesting because someone wrote in one of the questions I answered in this solo Patreon I did was like, what should you do by the time you're 30? And I said, date a guy who's like not good for you, like date a guy. Mm-hmm. Hopefully earlier than, you know, 30, but like date a guy who's like really treats you poorly on some level, but who drives you kind of crazy that way. Like when someone treats you well, you really appreciate it. You don't take it for granted. Mm -hmm. And I think the maybe the reason why fans are finding this to be so disturbing is because this is who she was 10 years ago. And she did. Like, and they had like a little bit of a fling. And but what's interesting is that that fling was right around the time where people thought her and Carly were like lesbian for each other. Um, Because I think they were spotted like kissing. Their like kiss was at the the 1975 show. Not her and Carly. Yeah, there's a picture of Carly were spotted kissing. Yeah, if you look it up, like it's kind of crazy. Like, let me see. Carly Kloss, Taylor Swift kissing. Or like they look to be like in a kiss-like embrace. And that's at a 1975 show. Yeah, no, you're correct. There's something very, very about this. I actually have a friend who um like is like a PhD in Taylor and Carly and fully believes that they like were in love and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um I know there's a lot of people who do believe that. Um yeah, but okay, so this is who someone dates when they're still trying to figure out who they are. 
Like when they're yes. still, yes. Uh, when they're having a dalliance with a girl, when mm-hmm. they're, you know, in their early twenties, just kind of figuring it out. And so maybe that is why the fans are like so taken aback by this and not happy about it because they hoped that they would have seen more growth from Taylor. They would see Taylor dating a guy who they felt like was stable and, you know, a solid force. Maddie Healy literally like drinks an entire bottle of wine on stage during like (laughs) over the course of a show. Like it's just the two, they feel a little bit like oil and, and water to me. I just don't, I don't see them. Right. Jiving. Well, I think Taylor Swift is a lot more messy than she lets on. And there was, I was listening to the Dumois podcast as part of my research for this episode. And she Mm -hmm. was talking about how people have been speculating that Midnight's is a breakup album, that Joe and Taylor um, have been broken up for a long time. And that's, that's actually a breakup album. But um, the timeline shows that they were actually together when the album was released and there was a dinner that she went to with Robert Pattinson and Suki Waterhouse and Joe in London. And apparently they got like five bottles of wine for four people. It was like a crazy debaucherous wow. dinner. I think Taylor is a lot more of a party girl than her image is yeah. on. And good for her. Good for her. Absolutely. I just, it's just her image. I mean, I'm just I know we're going fully into the weeds now and we can move on from this but like I look at her on stage wearing a down east outfitters dress right yeah giving a veiled message to Maddie Healy about her how much she loves him and I'm just like this couple does not fit in my opinion no I I I agree with you her and her velvet corduroys with her page boy cap for writing songs for music videos that will very much be Lord of the Rings adjacent aesthetically Kind of nerdy Taylor. It doesn't jive yeah. with ex-heroin shooting Maddie Healy. It's true. Exactly. It's really not on brand for him. Like you would think he no. would want to be with like a Phoebe Bridgers. Exactly. And that's like someone else like, well, maybe he's dating Phoebe Bridgers and whatever. I just, yeah. But then we have all this like, you know, content from the source about how in love they are. And it's been a lot of texting and FaceTiming. Just like, I don't know. I I'm just a little bit like, wow, are we really, you know, entering the true content machine from Taylor that we will be in, you know, for the next bit of time? I mean, time. I hope so. And this also really rings true, the fact that Joe was the one driving how secret their relationship was. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. Before yeah. Joe, we saw all the boyfriends. We saw all of it. Okay. I want you to think about Parallel Universe Chandler. Imagine a world where Jake Gyllenhaal and Taylor Swift dated and we did not have the photos of them walking in his hometown. We didn't have those pat photos of them just so happy in love, her in her plaid scarf, mm-hmm. okay, during her plaid mm-hmm. shirt days. We didn't have those images. No. Like this world would be bereft. I don't How even want to cope? think about it. It's no. too hard. It's too much. It's too much for one it's person. It's too to much. About. So l- let's just think about what Joe Allen stole from us from the past no. five years oh, in terms gosh. of she images so with Taylor much. and her beloveds. He belongs back at the yogurt shop for his crimes. The earth is healing, okay? And <laughs> we are seeing Taylor finally with, you know, the flavor of the week. And that is what I'm here for. Can we yeah, talk about agreed. Vanderpump Rules? Can we talk about Scandival oh, to close please. this out? Please, Lauren. I, I was two episodes behind and I finally caught up. Okay. And I am sick to my stomach. <sighs> okay. Well, one thing I want to say about this whole thing is that we're getting into territory where I think production is going a little overboard. 
Like there's no subtlety. The entire season has turned to be all about Sandoval and Raquel. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've re-edited it completely. I absolutely do not believe that James and Lala filmed that scene during the time. That no, was completely no. filmed after the fact. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Also, like Lala doing her narration. I mean, this has all been re-edited, cut together, in my opinion. Also, I think Ken delivering that line was a total tip-off to me that, like, that this is now being orchestrated. Not not that it didn't happen, but that like it's being, you know, reorchestrated. So there was an astute watcher of Vanderpump Rules, and this is what she wrote online. She said, Vanderpump Rules tonight. So many newly filmed scenes. The one where Katie is making sandwiches at Lisa's house. Katie looks so much thinner there. Look at her arms, which makes, I mean, Anata point out, I'm, we're talking, yeah. we're just talking about for the show. Don't want to yeah. talk about a woman's body in that way, but which makes me think this scene was filmed later compared to the Mm -hmm. way she looks in her interview scenes. The second scene that looks really fake and later filmed is the one where Lala and James are at the office space. The first giveaway is she's wearing a hat to cover her grown out roots. Second giveaway is that she says she is having a photo shoot later that day. Why would she wear a beanie and get hat hair on the day of her photo shoot? Good question. Mm -hmm. And what call time did James and Lala have to be at the office? If the photo shoot is that day, then they would have to have been at the office early for the good sun. When the girls were done wrapping the shoot, it seems like the middle of the day or early afternoon sun. Why would James and Lala film so early? Lastly, James was so calm when he heard Raquel slept over. If it was real, then he would have called them all fat and losers like he does later in the episode. (laughs) He was way too calm. That that person deserves a PhD. That's the smoking gun. I think also James is like, your office looks so different. You've done so much with it, which would also reveal that like some time has passed. Yeah. But beyond the fakeness, you know, beyond that, this is all getting very manufactured to be to be about one particular storyline. Yeah. How do you how are you feeling about Scandal about these two? I think I feel very sad about the pool party, 4th of July or whatever Memorial Day party where Tom didn't leave when her grandma died. I think that to me was just like, damn, this guy really sucks. He sucks so bad. And then you cut back to that moment where she's like, I don't want to be alone the day after my birthday. Please don't go to Vegas. And he's like, I'll always be we're here to smash you. some like, stuff. But we're going to like smash some cars. Like I in the moment I was like, oh, that's like not a good look for him. But if I had only known he actually like contained like so much douchebaggery. You know, honestly, Chandler, when I see Tom Sandoval driving his Mercedes SUV, with painted nails and a necklace, like one of those one of those kid necklaces that are so on trend. Yeah. Um, when I see him with all his fashion accessories, driving his Mercedes SUV to go glamping as a 40-year-old man, also fully cheating on his longtime partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I see him staying and partying when right. her grandma has just died and he like bullshits her and makes an excuse. Do you know what it makes me think? It makes me what? think all men... They need to serve missions. We need to start going to church. You know mm-hmm. what? Like Mormon, Mormon people do it correct. They know how to get guys right. to fall in line because <laughs> damn, like, is this not a pure symbol of what can happen when a guy is just completely adrift thinking about himself? All he cares about is himself. It is the grossest display of narcissistic behavior. And this guy needs to, this guy needs to go to a priesthood session. A gulag. One of the two. One of the two. He's a scoundrel. I don't think that all men are like this, 
but he's a scoundrel. And you know what? He's been a scoundrel since the beginning. Not all men are like this. It's just a joke. Right. But um, when you get into the hairiness of Raquel dipped out or, you know, she left, but actually she slept on the couch. Like the fact that he even lied about that in the first place is so unbelievably terrible. And just like he, you know, he was lying all along. <laughs> Him saying she dipped out and then using that as like, no, she dipped out to the other bedroom to go to bed. in the house right. where I, you know, promptly met her. It's just like the biggest game of semantics. It totally reminded me of right. like growing up and like mom would be like, did you make it to seminary? And it's like, well, I right. made, yeah, made I made it. it to seminary like I made it. for three minutes, you know, right? I was so late. I barely made it. When Ariana totally trusts him, when she trusts Raquel, when she is so kind to Raquel, it just, it makes me sick. Ariana, I will say, is the entire reason I don't think this entire thing is fake because Ariana is so clearly comfortable. She's like so supportive of Raquel mm-hmm. and I'm sorry, but I do not believe you look at those those scenes where she's screaming about Raquel. Ariana is not an Oscar winning actress. Ariana, this is not a performance like this is very real. And it is very disturbing to see her just so comfortable and then also confiding in a girl who is fully screwing her partner. It is just so dark in the way that Raquel's like, this didn't turn out. This turned out so bad. Raquel is sociopathic. When Raquel is on her birthday talking about how these are her true, these are her lifelong friends, and she's literally like in the process of blowing up an entire relationship, you know, her and Tom are at fault here, but like, are you living in two different realities? Chandler, one thing I do want to say though, is that none of us know what we'd be capable of after we'd aged out of pageants. I don't know. Um, and yeah, our fake so career true. of being an occupational therapist oh my was gosh. suddenly no longer needed. That, and our entire okay. life path yes. was adrift. Okay. Talk that about being unmoored and at sea. When she was crying about occupational therapy, like top 10, like reality TV moments, just incredible. Also when James was like, nobody's happy for me about Imagination Fest. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. I will say James is really coming out. We all thought Raquel made the best decision Mm -hmm. that James lost out so big time on Raquel when she dumped him. And dang, is James now on a redemption tour? Oh, literally. He's just so funny. He's literally, him and Lala are just on it this season. Um, Lauren, I must depart from this recording, but... So much has happened. So much will probably continue to happen with Taylor Swift. I just need to like, you know, keep refreshing my feed and she'll be giving us new content. Cannot wait for this week's VPR. Um, and you guys, merch is out. I cannot believe it. What a what a great day. Thank you to everyone, you know, for supporting, getting us here. Yes. Love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be on Friday with another edition of the Royals Deep Dive. So that's going to be on Patreon. And thanks for supporting the pod. Love you guys. Bye. Love you. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, And we will see you next week, live every Wednesday.
Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.